Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. Well Played is a part of the On Podcast Media Network. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and motivational speaker. Today's show is another one from the questions from Paul series, which I absolutely love. And the title of this episode, as you already know, because you clicked on this episode, is Reflective Reboot to Refresh and Repair Your Game. So without further ado, Paul, please give us a brief introduction for those that are just catching this for the first time. Absolutely. I'm Paul Yenny. I'm a fifth grade teacher from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, this is my second full year in the classroom, my first year gamifying, and we're going to talk a little bit about my history gamifying as we go through the lesson, so I'll leave it at lesson, podcast, um, so I'll leave it at, at that for right now. That's awesome. Uh, Paul has been on several shows, uh, give, give those a look, uh, and as always, if you want to leave a comment uh, about this episode. This is episode 152, and you can find this episode on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Matera. And you can find this episode and post all your comments. I always get back to all of them, so take a, take a peek at that. All right, Paul, let's dive in uh, straight away. Give us a little background on why we need this, this reboot and refresh. So um, as we talked about the first time I was on, um, instead of just trying bits and pieces of gamification, I wanted to jump in full force second year teaching and be the teacher I wanted to be to start instead of learning how to teach. And then, then after five years being comfortable and going, okay, now I'm going to try the, the stuff I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and just learning how to do this. So I jumped in, it was a blast. Um, and then I ended up uh, just getting bogged down in the gamification and spending more time on gamifying than I was on like content and grading and curriculum. And I ended up finding myself really out of balance and having to correct. When I corrected, what I found was I was struggling to run the game that I had designed. Um, sure. And, and it ended up being, it ended up just kind of naturally not falling apart, but just kind of fading out as the semester ended. Um, and then I thought, hey, I'm, I'm going to, we're going to do this reboot in third quarter. It's going to be great. I came up with some good theming around it and we came back and it kind of got started. And then I left for a week for vacation and then I got back. And the day after I got back, I had the flu. And so all that kind of prep work kind of just fell away because when I got back, it was, okay, how do I get my class back and how do we get back in a routine and figure that out? And then I ended up just for a couple weeks just kind of lamenting unproductively that that the game had kind of gone and, and actually, honestly, kind of dreading that DM from you that would say, Hey, it's time to, time to be back on the podcast and kind of going, uh, uh, um, and so I was thinking today as, as we were getting ready to talk, I was thinking about how I was being kind of hypocritical, not practicing what I tell the kids, which is to take, 
to take those failures when you feel like you failed and reflect on them, get back up and see what you can learn from them. And I was not doing that. I was just sitting going kind of, well, I guess that's that. And so this has been kind of a good push to, I got some questions ready of how do I thoughtfully re-implement, restructure and create a game that works in this last quarter because our next, our fourth quarter starts next week. Um, how do we reboot and give these kids what they are excited about and what they deserve, but also is is working for me as a first-year gamifier and is a base to build on next year? Well, like, let's just process some of that. One, yeah. uh, you know, I I think it was incredibly, like, noble of you to, like, be such a new teacher and, like, dive into whole hog gamification uh, I think that's pretty cool that you did that, uh, but it's also very difficult uh, to do that. And anybody that's kind of through their first five years of teaching will tell you the amount of like content maintenance that you have to do, just kind of the the, the teachery sort of things, goes way down, um, which leads us to this time to be able to do some of those like Dave Burgess sort of like cool lessons right and so one of the things you can do with that sort of extra time if you want to dedicate it back into your profession is gamification uh and as somebody that's sort of experiencing the beginnings of teaching and and really trying to just get into the flow of like making tests grading tests making projects grading projects doing your daily like bell ringers or do it nows and 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 laying all those out trying to run an efficient class that's that's tough, and right now that needs to be you know larger percentage of your time, and that makes sense. Uh, but as <laughs> you sort of get answers to all of those things, as one year rolls into the next, and your do it nows are are nailed down, your classroom procedures are nailed down. You you know maybe you already have some of the tests and projects created because like you've done it, and now we're talking about tweaking. We're talking about polishing up those projects to be even more efficient, more impactful for both your students as well as you, you end up saving a lot of time as a teacher. Uh, and again, some people net that that amount of time and their life just becomes more manageable. And so like, <laughs> I'm not saying that you have to necessarily reinvest all that time back in, but taking a portion of that time gained and thinking about where you can spice up your classroom and again if gamification isn't that that spice that you want to add that's fine but uh for those that do like it can be a really fun endeavor and i think you've experienced that so you're already sort of, you already sort of know kind of the creative power the the freedom and the fun that can come with that uh you've already seen the the students sort of get that excitement so i love the sort of framing of your question so to to take a really <laughs> long path back to your question i just really like that, that you're saying like how can your game remain nimble agile enough that you don't feel bogged down by it but it lays this base for you to sort of build upon as you've polished up some of those other teaching aspects and you've gained some of that time you already have this layer to like put the next brick and the next brick down mm -hmm. Uh, only solidifying what I think is powerful pedagogy for you know you and your students. So, what a great question! 
So on that point, I think one, you need to really embrace what you say to your students, right? So don't you yourself, don't be afraid of failure. You can put some things in play and you can prune those out just as much as you put them in. Two, I need to reassure you again for <laughs> all of us, and I need to reassure everybody that's out there who's who's listening. You are all of our games, including mine, ebb and flow in terms of like how much presence there are. And as somebody that has now done it for over a decade, I don't see those as like failure moments. It's just natural. Right. And then it doesn't it doesn't take any emotional toll on me to be like, and now I want to add this like big thing. Uh, I don't think of it as a failure, but as somebody that like just getting started, I could see how you look at it as a lack of fidelity to the game. Like, mm-hmm. like I should have done something. So obviously I have failed at doing something. So now the game's <laughs> done. And what that does is it creates a self-fulfilling prophecy. Then like, right. cor- correct. Then the next week you don't do something. The next month you don't do something. And then you just say, well, that game is sort of done and over with. And it's like, ooh, that couldn't be further from the truth. I promise you, your kids have this in their mind, and they can click in and click out of that pretty quickly. Uh, so all, I mean, you are, literally, you are a day away from, like, doing something in the game if you want to. And, yep. and that is true always. And it almost doesn't matter the amount of time that has gone by, as long as you've laid the game base, which you've already done. Like they, Yes. You, you've already you've already baked the cake and now it's just like, do we put the frosting on today or do we put the frosting on tomorrow? Like the cake's ba- baked, like they got it. So, uh, for, for somebody like you, you've done that hard work. You've laid the groundwork. Now what you might want to do when you reboot is think of some of the mechanics that you've built into your game and prune some of the larger ones out that took too much time on your end. Mm-hmm. And, and what we need to do is, kind of take stock take an inventory what were the what were the most powerful like aspects of the game that had the least amount of your input so right um that's that perfect low-hanging fruit to begin your game with uh for me i think some of those are some of my like challenges like one of the easiest things for me is add a badge right so like Whatever mm-hmm. I'm doing. So if you're going to have them do some math facts today and we're going to try to like see if we can, how many math facts we can do in a minute. Like I don't know if they still do that, but when I was a kid, you had to like <laughs> try to complete like 100 in under like two minutes or something like yep. that. Um, so if you're doing that, right, a like simple way to like reboot the game is like all your theme again was like sort of um, Marvel. Superheroes. Superheroes, yeah. right? So like, I don't know, like... All of a sudden, they get like the Dick Tracy like watch item or Dick Tracy like badge item, you know, for completing so many. Like, again, I don't know how many a kid's supposed to complete these days, but like, <laughs> you know, don't make it super hard. But if they're at that like eighty percent proficiency level, or maybe even seventy-five, like you, you want them to you want them to be successful here you, right you want them to reach a win state here that's the whole point we're rebooting the game so you don't want to reboot it with like and one of you gets this i like <laughs> that's not a good reboot right so we want we want something that like will make them all sort of feel like the game's alive again holy cow we we did it we want it to be a we so yes. but a simple low-hanging fruit is like it's going to take you five minutes to graphically design a badge right now like 
and boom, you were going to do the math facts thing anyways tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. and now you've just added, like, if you get to 80%, which you were going to have to grade them anyways, right? Like, so this is all overlapping yeah. work. And all you did was add five minutes of making a batch. It's not a huge PowerPoint. There's no huge video. There isn't like multiple unlocking of doors or anything. It is, if we reach 80%, we've got the Dick Tracy watch or whatever. Done. Yes. That, I think, is vastly overlooked. I think sometimes, and I fall prey to this too, we get super excited about complex systems that would be <laughs> like, if you do stage one, then we get to stage two, and then at stage two, it branches mm-hmm. out into stage three or four, your choice, you know, and then like, and then this, and if you have these six badges, then you can go on to stage seven, and if you have these four badges, you can skip seven and go to eight, like, whoo, like that is super cool, but like, that takes, a, that you need way more free time. <laughs> Than, than you currently have to lay that kind of engine out right for anybody that's listening who's a little farther along than paul if you're at the stage of building something like that like a more complex system just like i said to paul that's okay because one you've gotten the time back on your course and just like paul who's gaining time back on his course you're going to have a similar sort of ebb and flow to designing of your game the beginning is going to take a lot of time. Paul actually has already invested a lot of time to bake that cake, as I sort of said earlier. So for somebody that's sort of in that design process, know that you too will polish up your game and it will take less time the next year, less time. So like the, the hardest thing is that startup cost of you know making a world, designing a world, getting some graphic assets that help you have that world. And now that, like, for example, Paul has this, he can add that Dick Tracy watch and we're done, done, done. He can add, like, I don't know, some kryptonite thing and, like, done, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really that theme is the, is the biggest thing to overcome, and Paul's already got that. So now we can look for these micro-efficiencies where his teaching world overlaps the game world. And we're just talking about adding five minutes here, five minutes there mm-hmm. to him designing on a weekend. Uh and and that suggestion one, um, mm-hmm. how did that how did that sound to you, Paul? It was good. You touched on kind of one of the points I reflected on this morning, which was one of the things that got caught up was when I was in my designing, there were the only thoughts I was having was, "Is this cool?" <laughs> and all the things I thought of were really cool. But I didn't have that other piece of, is this manageable? I wasn't thinking about that until it had been introduced in the game. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I have to manage this now. I have to figure out how to do this. Sure. Um, and so I think one of the biggest things moving forward is to be purposefully reflective as I'm building something of, do I know I can handle this right now? Do I know that if a kid turns in this item, I'm going to be able to go, boom, done? Or am I going to look at it and go, I don't know when I'm going to have time to figure out how to maneuver this and and do that? And so I think that's one of the big things I'm going to start looking at is culling some of my items that I look at and go, this gives me anxiety every time a kid plays it. Mm-hmm. And figuring yeah. that kind of stuff out. Yeah, like that is a good thing to keep in mind for all of us is your your you as the teacher, you're the biggest limiter to the game because 
most things have to run through you because if we, if we were a game designer, if this was a video game, yeah, the game would just be calculating all this interest, calculating this, <laughs> calculating your health and your life points and your movement points. And all that. But in the reality, like for us, like we end up having to do most of that. So we, I always think long and hard before introducing something, how does this play out systemically? How does this play? I teach 90 some kids. How, how does that look if, 80 of them had this thing. How does that look on me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and many times the, 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 the idea itself could have been cool, could have been fun, could have been neat. But then when you actually put it under the, the microscope like that and, and try to run it through the ringer of 80 kids, you start to realize, oh, this actually ceases to be fun because I can actually only get to it every three weeks. Like, mm-hmm. Well then, that that's not cool. Like, yeah, this was neat. Like, you'd have the ability to like trade and do this and turn in this and it. But like, oh, the reality, like functionally in my class, I can only get to that once a month. Like, well then, that's not so cool to have that because we're only in school for nine months. They only actually earn this kind of item halfway through the year. So like, great, they're gonna get to like do that thing three times. Like, right, it sounded cool if you were doing that daily or good. But the reality is, I can't do that. So. Always try to put that to the test and then think, is it still fun? And there are some items yep. that truly are fun to have happen once a month. And like mm-hmm. those items exist in my game. But like mm, most items, I think, are better off where you feel it pretty quick. And yep. so, uh, one great way, one good suggestion for you as you look to reboot look at some of the items you've created. See if pairing some of those down to one-time use items would work. So then mm-hmm. maybe it's less like, oh, like every week he's going to come up with this item and hand me this thing yeah. and I have to like roll six dice and add it up. and then Like, oh, like if it's once. Sometimes like ch- just tweaking some of those things. Some of them probably need to be pruned from your game straight out. Yep. But like there's probably some that we could pr- we could probably just augment a little bit and make them one-time use, uh, make them a little quicker um, to play. So if you had some complex mechanisms in there, streamline some of those mechanisms. Look at how to like dial those back a little bit. Or if you like all those mechanisms, but it, but because it's going to take so long, it's only you're only going to play it every three weeks, mm-hmm. maybe dial up the reward. Because like mm-hmm. in your head when you made it, you were thinking this was going to happen every Friday. Well, now it's only happening once a month. So maybe just keep it exactly as is, except like triple the reward. Because in your head when you built it, they were supposed to do this weekly. All right. So I have a question based on on that conversation. If you so let's say you introduce an item into your game and then once it's introduced, you go, this is not manageable. This was a bad idea in practice. What do you, how do you recall that item without kids who got it? Or how do you recall a part of your game where kids who got that thing don't feel ripped off? Like, Oh, I spent 500 gold on that and now I can't use it because two. Well, I guess three ways you can do it (laughs) in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one, just be honest. Like, this didn't work. Whew, that's terrible. And in that in that process, going down that path, just you can refund the money or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the other route that I sometimes like to do more, not because I don't want to show the kids I failed. Like I think there's huge power in that, and that happens all the time in my class. Right. But sometimes with some of these item ones, what I like to do is sometimes provide like a, a like a trade in, like make like make it part of your thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, Gotham City needs you know insert thing, you know, like yeah. The way you know they need a bunch of Batmobiles because we're gonna like let we're gonna lend them to the U.S. government for like a big war that's coming up <laughs> or whatever, right? So you know, ugh. my class, there's seven of these like cars you sent out there that are just way too overpowerful, but like all the trade-ins get you like twice the gold that you like paid for them, right? And as like a gesture of goodwill, if you guys turn them in by this Friday because the government really needs them. Like it'll also come with like a bonus and then insert item that you're okay with. Right. So now not only is it like twice the money, like this is like, they almost feel like they bet on the right horse. Like, Oh man, I bought that item and it's totally worked out. That's awesome. Right. Like <laughs> I bet you, if you do that, you're going to get back most, if not all of the items. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes there's that route, which I like even better. Um, but, um, you know, I don't know. That's what that's one way to handle it. Uh and then the other is <laughs> almost the opposite. You make it a storyline in which that item gets devalued right. tremendously, but they see it coming. So you don't just like introduce the devaluation immediately and there's nothing they could do about it. But it's all of a sudden like whatever the items are, if there's like a class of items that that would fall under like, I don't know how your items work, but for me, like, each item falls into a class of if it's, like, a, like a weapon, if it's, like, a skill, like, right? So, all of a sudden, you could kind of, like, say the skills are going to go away or the skills are getting, like, reduced or there's a tax on our items or whatever. You know, you can you can fix it that way or even just, like, recall, like, that's been banned in Gotham City, like, no more, like... Mm-hmm. Batmobiles in Gotham City starting, you know, March 15th. Right. The council has voted, but it doesn't enact until. Correct. And as like a, and then you can write the sort of trade in, you know, like it's a government buyback program or whatever. (laughs) Right. Uh, But I think those kind of work. And then what they also do is while you're fixing the game in those last two sort of scenarios, one making it positive, one making it negative. Uh, you're actually creating more game, right? right? So, like, which is kind of cool. Like now, between now and March fifteenth, they're sort of thinking, like, should I trade it in? Shouldn't I do it? Like, what is? Maybe I'll just keep it. He says it won't work, but maybe later in the game, mm-hmm. those of us that kept it, like, so I won't be able to use it, and I'm gonna take a chance. Like, maybe Mister Yenny's gonna like have a secret thing that like those of you that kept the contraband get a bonus later, like. I don't know, but I'm willing to let it be one of my pockets in my my item case. He has right. clearly said we cannot use them, but maybe. And mm-hmm. and maybe because you teach younger kids, maybe tell them that. Maybe like there is a there is a chance that this comes back. But for now, well, I do. March, I I have it. an item that is just it's a cape, and on on the bottom the item description is it looks nice, and that's it. And so there are two or three kids who picked up that item because they think maybe at the end there's a – maybe he's trying to trick us. And I am. There is something coming at the end. I haven't figured out what that is. 
but but they they already have that kind of mindset of maybe they're maybe he's not 100% telling us everything about this sure so that's, that's always fun to play out so you could do you could wrap that in so when we're like looking at that reboot one of the things i want you to think about is adding like a simple badge to a challenge i actually sort of forgot this myself um and the last few weeks i've just spent five minutes made a new badge for an activity we're doing and it's such a great shot in the arm the you know on each of the badges has a picture of whatever we're talking about so it's like fun like they had the battle of salamis badge that they they got to win um and then like we had another one that was uh, a philosopher's sort of wisdom badge that they got for this philosophy activity but it really was me honoring kids' good work during the day. Like, so kids mm-hmm. had great discussions during that philosophy activity. Most kids got the badge. Um, I pointed out why they got those badges, but it really overlapped good teaching. As I was going from table to table, listening to kids discussing, I'm also giving out this badge and pointing out to the table why either the table's getting it or this kid's getting it, and only continuing to reinforce good behavior, good discussion skills, good listening skills. So, again, 90% of what I was going to do anyways, and then there's just that 10% ad of like I'm handing this badge, and I had to make that badge. Mm-hmm. Simple addition. Retool some of your items so that it's less overhead for you. Try to think of designing some items that it's more on the student's overhead, right? Like, So instead of having things that are compli- complicated like die rolls that are added and then divided and then the, the, the like... Maybe just go with a simpler set collection. So mm-hmm. if you have three of these, you now can trade them in. So this is simple. Like you see they have three. They hand you three. You hand them the bigger item, like the fourth version yep. of the. That's a little easier to maintain. Kids are excited about it. Make simpler versions. You know, make one that, make another different item that you only need two to get the like higher third power. And then like a one that's three to get the fourth. And then the to get the fifth like so you'd have three versions of that yep. in different items but it's a it's a simpler mechanic it's a cleaner mechanic uh a lot i allow kids to trade because that that's mm-hmm. offloading me yep. having to do the work but it's freeing them up to have the game come alive uh and then i guess my last like just summary point for you is you have not failed like remind yourself that the game exists you've (laughs) built this thriving game and it's something that you dip in and out of as Mm -hmm. all of us do like i do not have a gamified daily experience and truth be told i mean there's there's week there's like week or two weeks or even three weeks where like there isn't a whole lot going on uh and as i continue to try more i try to fill some of those gaps and right. every year, that's like that polishing. That's that like, sweet, now I have these badges for these activities. And when I do these activities next year, I bet you that's going to be a lull in the game. It's winter here in Wisconsin, and there's that lull in the game. But, ooh, now I have those two badges I created this year. Mm-hmm. So simple things to look at um, that I think that you and everyone else can kind of add to their game. Uh, I can't believe it. We're already at reflection time, wow. Paul. I know, right? <laughs> like gonna have to have you back on sooner rather than later i think to, to yes. even dissect this more uh are you ready for today's reflection time quote absolutely all right this one comes from napoleon hill strength and growth come only through continuous effort and struggle 
I think that's great. Let me write that down because I got to share that with kids. Strength um, and growth come only through continuous effort and struggle. I mean, I think that's when I talk about when I talk about things that I tell the kids. I think that's something we all talk to our kids about about when they are discouraged, when they are down. You can't learn from you can't learn when things are easy because if things are easy, that means you've learned them already. And it's the struggle and it's the fight. And that is where the growth and the learning and the strength come from is pushing through the things you're not comfortable with and not letting things, not letting things, not letting failures make you feel like a failure. I couldn't have said that better. I mean, I think those little demons in our head really can get us to stop doing things and, Mm -hmm. The other thing I got to say is like this idea, right? That strength and growth, both those things that we want. The other word I want us to look at is it says comes through continuous. Mm-hmm. And this this is really basically what I've been saying to you this entire episode is it's about that constant sort of polishing in which you're going to gain like a 0.5% efficiency, but 0.5% efficiency over all the tasks you do over the year, and then next year another 0.5% over all the tasks, another 0.5%. Like over time, it is incredible what that adds up to. But we have to remember that it's that continuous. We have to continue. Like that is what makes those micro-efficiencies add up. It's like compound interest. Like that doesn't sound cool to give you like one penny a day, but if we do the one penny a day compounded interest over time, like turns into like millions of dollars. Same thing with our time and efficiency. Those little, those little things add up to a whole lot over time. So once again, uh, I'm Michael Matera, and Well Played is a part of the On Podcast Media Network. Go check out their website and grab all sorts of powerful PD-packed podcasts, such as the On Education podcast itself with Glenn Irving and Mike Washburn. Fantastic, too. Great podcast. Check it out. Uh, thank you, Paul, for joining us on this one. I, I absolutely love chit-chatting with you every time. Absolutely, and thank you for having me again. No problem. Everyone else, remember you can connect on YouTube, uh, my YouTube channel. Check this episode out, uh, episode 152. Enjoy your week and play on. <laughs>